0: Hi and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan and join me as we step into Ant-Man and the Wasp in today's statistics episode. We read the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who we are, who we are. Everything is firing on all cylinders in today's episode. Um... I don't know. I don't know what uh, what that was all about at all. Anyway, we're talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Today's episode already did a review episode for it. Uh, today's episode is all about the statistics. And, uh, yeah, the number actually came in a little lower than uh, I kind of talked about on the show. I For a while, I expected it to be a couple of points higher than Infinity War in the high 50s. But... When it was all said and done and the dust settled, Ant-Man and the Wasp came in uh, below 50, actually, in the mid-40s. So, uh, that will be a big, big difference to everyone involved in this movie. As being in the 40s means you lose a point of value and not have zero value for being in the 50s. So, a uh, lot to get through and uh, let's get into this because it's a Marvel movie so it's uh, there's a lot of stats to go around. Ant-Man and the Wasp. I saw it July 16th, 2018, clocked it at 118 minutes, so just shy of two hours for a Marvel movie, which is pretty pretty good. Uh, and that does, I believe, include all of the end credits, including the very final Stinger, which was, uh, unfortunately, fairly mundane and silly. Uh, it's a 2018 film, and my summary is, while on house arrest, Scott Lang tries to make amends to his life and his friends. Fairly true. Uh... Doesn't really give you the comedy angle of the movie. But the movie is bo- mostly just Scott you know, trying to make things up with everyone who he wronged. Or feels he feels he wronged. Or felt they feel like he wronged them throughout the whole film. From Michael Peña's Lewis to Ev- Evangeline Lily and, and so on and so forth. Uh, so I ended up giving this a 46. 46 out of 100. It currently has an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, this is... Just one of a long line of movies from this year that I am much further down on than uh, Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, it is sandwiched on either side by two other movies that also have very high Rotten Tomatoes scores that I gave 40s scores to. Uh, the first to the top, to above, being Seeing All Red, which is a documentary about Gloria Allred, which I gave a 47, has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. And to the bottom is Early Man, the animated Aardman film, which I give a 45, but has an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ant-Man and the Wasp is an Ant-Man film, uh, the second in that series. It is also in the MCU, so let us check out the series scores for Ant-Man and the Wasp. We'll start out with Ant-Man. Wherever it is. Somewhere. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man and the Wasp Second film in the Ant-Man franchise, it drops the average film rating of the movies in this franchise to 63.5. I am very, very high on the Ant-Man film, the original. Uh, it is one of my favorite Marvel movies, uh, and this is not This is not that. Uh, the total length of both Ant-Man movies is 3.88 hours. Uh, it is on par for average rating with the Indiana Jones Quadrilogy, when you include Crystal Skull, unfortunately, it is just above the Bourne uh, Syncology No Pentology, not Spanish <laughs> Pentology, and it is just below the Tron Movies as a pair So, uh, a man the Wasp Pretty pretty steep decline from the first, this is the 28th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe when you include one-shots and shorts. Uh, this is uh, ranks for me as the 27th out of the 28, with only Thor: The Dark World behind it and The Incredible Hulk just above it. Uh, it's very close. I think The Incredible Hulk and Ant-Man and the Wasp are very, very similar. I, I would probably rather watch Ant-Man and the Wasp, but I think Incredible Hulk. Does have a little bit more of a flair and flash to it through um, thanks to I don't know Edward Norton, Edward Norton. It's probably a big part of it. But Ant Man Wasp does have a lot of things going for it. It's definitely a fun movie most of the time. Most of the time, it drops the average film rating of movies in the MCU to sixty-nine point one eight. The current total length of all MCU films, including one-shots and accounting for end credit scenes and all of credits, is 43.68 hours dwarfing the next longest franchise that I have tracked, which is Star Wars that doesn't even come in at 24 hours. At 69.18, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is just below the Spy Kids trilogy, uh, which will definitely go down if... And when I ever watched the fourth Spy Kids movie. And it is one spot ahead of Apes. Now this is not the new trilogy. Nor the old trilogy. It is any Apes movie ever made. uh, That I've seen. Which is eight currently. So War, Dawn, and Rise. As well as Burton's Planet of the Apes. As well as the original Planet, Escape, Conquest, and Beneath the Planet of the Apes. I think I have one left to see. From the original Apes movies. Uh, So. MCU. Taking a little bit of a hit between Ant-Man and the Wasp and Infinity War, but uh, it'll. I think I think Captain Marvel will bounce it back. Captain Marvel will bring it back. Cool. All right, those are the f- series. Let's move on to director. The director of Ant-Man and the Wasp, same as the director of the, of Ant-Man, is Peyton Reed from North Carolina. This is the fourth film of his that I've seen, and drops his average film rating to a 52 even. It is his third film, rated between 25 and 49, and ranks as his third best movie overall. Coming in behind Yes Man, and ahead of The Breakup. It Drops his value to a negative 1.5, and his score to a 33.17. He is ranked 618th overall, just behind Toby Hooper and Ruben Fleischer. Director, res, directors, respectively, of Poltergeist and Zombieland. And Peyton Reed is one spot ahead of a bunch of people, including John Borman, Oscar-nominated director for Deliverance. Uh, moving on to writers, quite a few writers on the movie, uh, including Chris McKenna and Eric Summers. Uh, this writing duo also wrote f- uh, for the Lego Batman movie and Spider-Man Homecoming ant and the Wasp is their fourth film that I've seen from them. Uh, with an average film rating of 62.75, it is their only film rated between 25 and 49 and worst film to date. Coming in behind, Jumanji colon Welcome to the Jungle. It drops their value to a 1, their scores to a 42.83, and they are ranked 542nd overall. Just behind Jonathan Hensley, who is the writer on the original Jumanji, Die Hard with a Vengeance, and Armageddon. And they are tied with Jack Thorne who wrote last year's uh, hit Wonder. They're tied with Craig Pierce who had a hand in writing Moulin Rouge and uh, they're tied with John Hodge who wrote Trainspotting, Spotting 2 and Trance. They're one spot ahead of Jeb Stewart who wrote the original Die Hard and The Fugitive. But they are not the only writers on this movie. You can also include the main leading man himself, Paul Rudd. This is the second film of which he is credited as a writer. It drops his average film ring to a 63.5. It is his only film rated between 25 and 49 and his worst film of the two, coming in behind the original Ant-Man. It drops his value to a 0.5 and his score to a 32.25, ranking him 1,225th overall. Tied with a bunch of people, including but not limited to Alex Kurtzman, Writer on Star Trek Into Darkness and The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Jim Uhles. Writer of Fight Club and Jumper. Uh, Menomages. Majes. Maiges, Writer of Indiana Jones and Last Crusade. And Oscar-nominated writer for... Maybe Oscar-nominated writer? I don't tally it, so... Hmm. I'll have to look into that. Uh, The Color Purple. Writer for The Color Purple. Um... Yeah, let me just make a note of that for future reference. Cool. All right. Um, also, credited as a writer are Andrew Bearer and Gabriel Ferrari. This is their first credit that I have seen. So they start out with an average rating of 46. One film rated right between 25 and 49. Surprise, it's Ant-Man and the Wasp. They have a value of negative 1, a score of 14.33, and are ranked 4,681st overall, tied with... Everyone else whose only movie is rated a 46, including the writers of White Bird in a Blizzard, Alone in the Dark, Wrath of the Titans, Borg vs. McEnroe, The Expendables 2, The Man Who Invented Christmas, Waterworld, The Phantom of the Opera, the Gerard Butler version, Pacific Rim 1, My Little Pony, The Movie, Monster House, Mean Machine, Draft Day, Dune, Elizabeth the Golden Age, and so on. Those are the five writers on this movie. But uh, probably the most impactful, most recognizable names in this movie are the ones on the screen in front of your face. And uh, there's quite a few of them. I believe, actually now that I think about it, maybe I didn't. um, Didn't really go through the IMDb extras list with a fine-tooth comb. I only paid attention to letterboxed. don't expect to have missed anybody here, but one quick pass just to make sure everything is in order. And I don't recognize any of these names, so I think we're okay. I think we're okay. All right, cool Awesome. All right. So, starting from the top, working our way down, we start out with uh, the man himself, Stan Lee. This is the 41st film that I've seen him appear in. It drops his average film rating to a 60.54. It is his ninth film, rated between 25 and 49, and his 32nd best film overall, coming in behind The Incredible Hulk and ahead of Thor the Dark World. Uh, He has a value of 13, a score of 70.72, and is ranked 108th. Overall, one spot behind Frank McClure, uh, who is an older uh, character actor or so, and one spot ahead of Bonnie Hunt. Bonnie Hunt. Stan Lee. His cameo wasn't. Ah, I was okay. I wasn't a big fan of it. Next up is David Desmalsian. Uh, This is his sixth film credit and drops his average film rating to a 73.33. It is his second film, rated between 25 and 49, and his fifth best movie overall, coming in behind Prisoners and ahead of The Belko Experiment. Drops his value to a 5, his score to a 60 even, and he is ranked 504th. Tied with Anne Dowd, uh, Werner Herzog, Mary Gordon, Patrick Godfrey, Esmond Knight, and Richard Hayden. He is one spot behind Jolo Truglio from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and one spot ahead of Warren Beatty. Uh, David S. who is the not Michael Peña, not T.I. member of the group. The foreign-accented one that talks about... uh, What is he? The... the, the, Not the... All I can think of is Chupacabra because I just saw it in something else. The... That's John Wick, isn't it? I don't remember. He's the... You know who I'm talking about. Next up is Michelle Pfeiffer. This is her 21st film credit and drops her average film rating to a 57.29. It is her fifth film rated between 25 and 49 and 17th best movie overall, coming in behind A Midsummer Night's Dream and ahead of New Year's Eve. It drops her value to a 1.5, her score to a 53.8, and ranks her 995th overall, one spot behind David Oyelowo and one spot ahead of Julianne Nicholson. I really liked Michelle Pfeiffer in this. I really did. Hopefully, we get to see more of her. Next up is Ant-Man, Paul Rudd. This is his 36th film credit, dropping his average film rating to a 55.94. It is his ninth film rated between 25 and 49, and 27th best movie overall coming in behind The Fundamentals of Caring and ahead of Night at the Museum. He has a value of 0.5 and a score of 53.5, tying him at 1,021st with Kevin Costner. He is just behind Catherine Deneuve, Lauren Dean, and Bud Court, and he is just ahead of Eric Banna, the original Hulk, in my eyes, because I'm so young. Lawrence Fishburne, comes in next. This is his 24th film credit and drops his average film rating to a 54.92. It is his 8th film rated between 25 and 49 and 16th best movie overall. Coming in behind The Color Purple and ahead of Passengers. He drops his value to a negative 1 and his score to a 49.69 ranking him 1,408th overall. Just behind Daniel McDonald, Sean Danielle McDonald, Sean Biggerstaff and Edward Van Sloan if any of those are familiar. They have been in... Sean Biggerstaff was in Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Uh, and Lawrence Fishburne is just ahead of Thomas Kretschmann. 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 Fishburne. Next up is Walton Goggins. This is his 14th film credit and drops his average film rating to a 57.07. It is his 6th film, rated between 25 and 49, and his ninth best movie Overall, one spot behind Predators, and one spot ahead of this year's Tomb Raider. It drops his value to a negative 0.5 and his score to a 49.44. He is ranked 1,430th overall, one spot behind Arnold Schwarzenegger, and one spot ahead of um, honorary Oscar Academy Award winner Steve Martin. The great Steve Martin. Next up is Evangeline Lilly, The Wasp, in this titular film. Uh, this is her 8th film credit, and drops her average film rating to a 56.75. It is her 3rd film, rated between 25 and 49, and 5th best movie overall, coming in behind Real Steel, and ahead of The Hobbit colon The Battle of the Five Armies. She drops her value to a 0. .5, and her score to a 45.9, ranking her 1,845th. Overall, one spot behind Joe Don Baker, who was in Mars Attacks, Mud, Cool Hand Luke, and Goldeneye. One spot ahead of Lucy Davis and Lisanne Falk. Um, Lucy Davis, who was in Shaun of the Dead and Wonder Woman. And Lesan Falk, who was in Say Anything and Heathers. After that, we have Bobby Cannavale. This is his 23rd film credit, dropping his average film rating to a 50.09. It is his 7th film, rated between 25 and 49, and 14th best movie overall. Coming in behind The Fundamentals of Caring, and ahead of Shall We Dance. Drops his value to a negative 6, his score to a 40.08. He is ranked 2,615th. Overall, just behind Brianna Hildebrand, Todd Allen, Anthony Perkins, and Richard Barthelmus all tied above him, and he's one spot ahead of Rachel Weiss. I really don't give Bobby Cannavale much to do in this movie. Or the first one, to be fair. Next up is Michael Douglas. This is his 17th film credit, and drops his art film rating to a 50.65. It is his 7th film, rated between 25 and 49, and 9th. Best movie overall, coming in behind Haywire, and ahead of Solitary Man. Drops his value to a negative 5.5 and his score to a 39.82, ranking him 2,656th overall. One spot behind Gene Tierney and Glenda Farrell, who are tied above him. Uh, They have been in... Well, they were old. They're very old. Uh, And one spot ahead of Renée Auberginois, who who was a voice in The Little Mermaid... He was also in The Player, and McCabe and Mrs. Miller, I'm sure I butchered the hell out of that last name, though. Next up is Best in Show, Michael Pena. This is his 27th film credit, and drops his average film to a 49.52. It is his 16th best film overall, and comes in behind Shooter, and ahead of his voice role in My Little Pony, colon, the movie. <sighs> He has a value of negative 6.5 and a score of 39.6, ranking him 2,694th overall. One spot behind Matt Walsh. Uh, One spot ahead of our next person on the list, which is Judy Greer. This is her 28th film credit, dropping her average film rating to a 50.46. It is her 8th film, rated between 25 and 49, and ranks as her 16th best movie overall. Uh, Drops her value to a negative 7.5, her score to a 39.6, And she is ranked 2,695th, one spot behind, say it with me, Michael Pena, one spot ahead of Harry Lloyd and others. bunch of people tied. Drew Greer doesn't get much to do in this movie. Noticing a pattern. Next up is Hannah John Kamen. She plays Ghost in the film. This is her fourth film credit and drops her average film rating to a 56 even. It is her second film, rated between 25 and 49, and her third best movie overall, coming in behind Ready Player One and ahead of Tomb Raider. She has a value of negative 0.5 and a score of 36.83, ranking her 3022nd overall, tied with former star of Third Rock from the Sun, Jane Curtin, uh, also on SNL. And she is one spot behind Joe Morton from Terminator 2, Judgment Day. And uh, Hannah John Kamen is one spot ahead of Lolita Davidovich from Gods and Monsters or Leap of Faith. Next is Randall Park. This is his 17th film credit, dropping his average film rating to a 47.41. It is his 6th film, rated between 25 and 49, and 10th. Best movie overall. Coming in behind Michael Bolton's Big Sexy Valentine's Day special and ahead of The Hollers. Uh, The film uh, gives him a value of negative 6.5 and a score of 35.92, ranking him 3,127th overall. Uh, One spot behind Paul Lucas and one spot ahead of Luke Evans and Timothy Oliphant. Oliphant. Further down the list is T.I. Harris uh, This is his 6th film credit, dropping his average film rating to a 46.33. It is his 2nd <laughs> film, rated between 25 and 49 and 3rd best movie overall Coming in behind American Gangster, coming in ahead of his role as himself in Entourage He drops his value to a negative 4 and his score to a 30.3 30.75 Ranking him 3,636th overall, tied with Clement von Frankenstein, which is apparently a real name, uh Stacy Travis is one spot ahead while Chi McBride, Chai McBride is one spot below TI Harris. Clement von Frankenstein, who is in Young Frankenstein, as well as The 5-Year Engagement, Time After Time, Hail Caesar, Death Becomes Her and Unfinished Business clement von frankenstein which is a man clement cool awesome uh next up is tim heidecker this is his ninth film credit dropping or increasing increasing his average film rating to a 40.11 this is his only film rated between 25 and 49 and fifth best movie overall coming in behind first girl i loved and ahead of the terry's it drops his value to a negative six point five and his score to a twenty six point three two. He is ranked three thousand nine hundred ninety second overall, just behind Douglas Fairbanks Jr., K. Medford, Mariana Spivak, Adam Beach, Aquafina, and Allison Stoner, and just ahead of Anna de Armas, Nikki Whalen, Tim Heidecker. A little further down is Abby Ryder Fortson. She plays the daughter of Ant-Man. This is her third film credit and increases her average film rating to a 45.33. It is her first and only film, rated between 25 and 49, and second best movie overall, coming in behind Ant-Man, and ahead of Forever My Girl. She has a value of negative 1.5 and a score of 25.7, ranking her 4,036th overall, just behind Katie Holmes, And just ahead of Jason Biggs, Ricky Gervais, Tiffany Haddish, um, and a bunch of other people. Cool. Abby ryder Fortson. Below that is Vanessa Ross. This is her fifth film credit, increasing her average film rating to a 34.8. It is her fourth film rated between 25 and 49 and ranks as her best film, as it turns out. Uh, coming in ahead of Spider Man 3. She has a value of negative 6, a score of 18.86, and is ranked 4,413th overall. One spot behind Milo Ventimiglia, and one spot ahead of Lilia Scala. Scala, 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 Scala. Oscar nominee, Lilia Scala. That is it for the cast members. 17 people on the spreadsheet. Finding their way into this movie. Moving into genres. Ant-Man and the Wasp. A 46 from 2018. It is an action. Adventure. Sci-fi movie. Uh, Dropping the average film rating of action movies. To 51.54. Adventure movies. Now rated average rating of 51.74. And sci-fi movies. Also with an average rating of 51.74. Did clock it as a 3 on the Bechtel test. Um, I believe... The conversation I'm thinking of is between the uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and Evangeline Lilly when they first do unite. Pretty sure that doesn't refer- reference a man, but I don't remember it verbatim. It's at least a 2, because I know that Evangeline Lilly and Ant-Man's daughter talk about her being his partner. So that makes it a 2, but I'm pretty sure it's a 3. Rating, but I mean, if you're splitting that many hairs still issues. Uh, The uh, MPA rating is PG-13. It does not make any top movie lists that I keep track of at the moment. Academy Awards? None right now. We'll see. Uh, Circle of Film Awards. It does make an appearance here, as it turns out. Um, Just one, though, uh, with Michael Pena sneaking into the best supporting actor. List for the moment, knocking out Isla Fisher from Tag. It's kind of a weak year so far. We're only seven months in. Uh, special effects nearly get in there, but um, I think Ready Player ones were better. That's all. So, Circle of Film Awards, just Michael Pena. Uh, moving on to the year. It is the year 2018? It is the Man, Man and the Wasp is the 116th film that I have logged from 2018. It is the 1185th film that I have logged having seen during this calendar year. Um, we are less than 100 films away currently from my single year record set last year of 1279. So, average film rating of 2018 films currently is now up to 38.41. And the tomato meter is also up to fifty-four point two six. This is *Amy and the Wasp* is the thirty-second action movie, twenty-second adventure movie, and twenty-fourth sci-fi movie that I've seen this year. As a quote-unquote bad film, it is the seventy-sixth bad film, dropping the ratio of good to bad films from twenty eighteen to 0.32. It's about one to three right now. As a three in the Bechtel test. It is part of the fifty-seven point seven six. Percent of films from this year that have a 3 in the Bechtel Test. It is the 42nd film from this year with a PG-13 MPAA rating. Two, just two behind R, which has 44. Um, and last but not least, as a film rated 46, it is the 66th film to receive that rating as of right now. Looking uh, it is the only one from 2018 to currently have that rating, but if we look back to 2017, the other films that received a 46 include uh, The Man Who Invented Christmas, Borg vs. Macronome, My Little Pony, the movie, and Expedition Happiness, some of which I've already mentioned through the statistics already, but there you have it. Am man and the Wasp, a 46. That's it. That's it. Cool. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Really appreciate it. Uh, if it sounds a little rushed, it was a little rushed. Kind of pressed for time a little bit, and really, really still a little behind in in recording all the stats for all the movies I've seen. Uh, got like 15 left that are waiting to be inserted in the spreadsheet. So working on it. Getting there. Um, that said. Uh, Wednesday's episode, as I mentioned before, should be Top 10 1920s Born Actors. I don't have any reason not to make that happen, so it'll it'll do. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really do appreciate it. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, uh, or whatever, you can send those uh, to me on Twitter at CircleOfFilm, or email me, circleoffilm@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you would like to check out the website, CircleOfFilm.com, you can find a lot of other episodes there uh, and much, much more, statistics spreadsheet pictures uh, circle of film awards all that kind of stuff if you would like to support the show for as little as 8 cents an episode you can do that on patreon.com slash circle of film thank you once more t- one more time and as always have a week so long farewell I'll be the same good night I know she'll never leave me even as she fails